Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. Our broadcast today comes from our most recent MetaStrategy Digital Symposium. The topic is building talent for digital operating models. And the panelists who spoke about it were Mamtha Tramarthi, Head of Software Business and Product Management, PL at Stellantis, and Vipin Gupta, the Chief Innovation and Digital Officer of Toyota Financial Services. The gentleman who led the conversation was MetaStrategy's Vice President and Central Office Lead, Mike Bertha, who joins me now. Mike, welcome. Thanks, Peter. It's great to be here. Well, Mike, I mentioned uh, the topic was building talent for digital operating models. This is really interesting and delves uh, quite directly into work you've done, I know, extensively. Talk a bit about uh, the background on the topic itself, if you would. Well, CIOs continue to try and digitalize their operating models, whether they're going agile on software delivery or whether they're building a product orientation or one of many other moves. They are realizing at some point on these journeys that the skills that they need to thrive in a digital operating model are different than the skills they have traditionally cultivated within their own organizations. So we wanted to bring a couple of executives together that know what good looks like in digital operating models and can share some perspectives for those looking to transform their talent themselves. Thanks, Mike. I also wanted to ask you about uh, Mamtha Chamarthi of Stellantis and Vipin Gupta of Toyota Financial Services. Uh, talk a bit about why they were uh, appropriate people to speak about this topic. Well, sure. We wanted to bring two executives that are both leading transformations in their own organization. So that was a big part of it. Then we also had an awareness that what a digital operating model looks like in a company that makes physical products like Mamtha at Stellantis was very different than a company that has less tangible products like Vipin at Toyota Financial Services. So we thought the two of them together would cover a lot of bases. Well, without further ado, let's get into the topic itself and the conversation around it. Building talent for digital operating models featuring Mampa Chamarti from Solantis, Vipin Gupta from Toyota Financial Services with MetaStrategy's own Mike Bertha. Thanks, Peter. Vipin, uh, I think we're going to start with you. Um, you are the chief innovation and chief digital officer at Toyota Financial Services. Uh, one of the first things that I think a lot of CIOs and CDOs realize as they start making the shift towards new digital operating models is that they don't really have many real product owners in their organization. Vipin, if you don't mind, I, I think it would be great for you to talk about what it means to have a product orientation in a financial services company opposed to a company that builds physical products, for example, and then maybe share some of uh, your thoughts on what skills, mindset shifts, um, and talent is needed to succeed in these product-oriented or digital operating models we've just described. Uh, thank you, Mike, and uh, it's a great question. So, um, and especially when we talk about product orientation, in financial services, it takes on a special meaning. Uh, in case of financial services businesses, we don't manufacture products like cars or other tangible items. In financial services business, we design and build experiences, processes, and capabilities. And our business uh, is a collection of capabilities like lending, payments, insurance, mortgage. And for us, these capabilities are like products that need continuous updates for improvements and I think that's what makes it special or different in a services-oriented industry like ours. The, the key is 
uh, to think of these capabilities, which seem intangible, but think of them as things, a noun, not a verb. And once we oriented ourselves into that mindset, then we started to get into, I think that is what got us into the product mindset. Once we got the product mindset, then you start thinking about, okay, if there is a product, then we need a way to continuously manufacture, assemble, and improve this product. And that kind of led to this idea of what we call as a digital product factories, just like we have factories to manufacture and assemble cars. And once this product-based mental model and organizational model was established, it became natural for us to apply the product manufacturing principles to these financial services business capabilities. And so to your other part of the question around what skills were needed, yeah, so as soon as we did the product orientation, it kind of led us to rethink what skills, what new skills or competencies are needed. A few became quickly apparent uh, and obvious. Uh, one was, uh, this became really, really clear that we needed bilingual experts. Bilingual experts who have business acumen and technology acumen. So that was number one. Number two, we needed that, we, we realized that we need design-minded leaders who could harness the power of technology to build these digital capabilities and, and also know how a product or its part fits into the broader enterprise, right? And the number three, which was also really important was we needed this ownership mindset where a product owner owns the product end to end. It was not about only a part of this life cycle. It was not just about developing the capabilities versus maintaining the capability. We really needed a single owner or at least a, a single uh, set of ownership for the product. So in this kind of a new digital operating model, as you kind of referenced it, our focus very quickly shifted to building these new skills and competencies. Once the organizational model was established, then it was all about uplifting the talent and the competencies and the digital proficiency of the organization. For that, we established a TFS Academy. And the objective was that these product-oriented competencies are to, with an objective, to introduce these product-oriented competencies in addition to traditional IT or digital skills. So product orientation in a way, and this new digital operating model has given us a sharper focus around building these new kind of skills and competencies across our organization. Thank you, uh, Vipin. And um, I think a little bit later in the segment, we'll come back to the uh, TFS Digital Academy. I think there'll be a lot of folks that want to hear about that. Um, but now, uh, Mamtha, uh, welcome. Uh, you are the P&L owner for the software business and the head of product management. You are focused on leading Stellantis's transformation from a traditional full-on automaker to a customer-centric, sustainable mobility company. Um, building a little bit uh, on what Vipin said, I was wondering if you could talk about skills and experiences that are really needed in a product owner that you're looking to drive transformation, such as the one you're driving yourself. I think uh, uh, fundamentally we need to understand the transformation that the automotive industry is going through. So in the auto industry, I think Vipin was alluding to it, we started with the mechanical platforms and later on fitted software into it. And that is a different kind of a skill. So you need the mechanical engineering skill to look at a vehicle platform. But today the way we are 
um, changing it 180 is starting with a software-defined car. And what does it mean by a software-defined car? We are starting with what is the customer experience and customer convenience that we want to provide, not just Jeep as a product, as a physical product, but what is the experience around Jeep that I want to provide to the customer? And that's what I mean by a software-defined vehicle. So start with those experiences and then come down to, so how does this vehicle platform fit? And can I keep the vehicle fresh for 10 years? Today, you buy the car and you get features at launch, and you're pretty much all set with those features. But imagine you have a car just like your smartphone and it keeps on getting the updates for 10 years past the point of production of the vehicle. So it's a completely different kind of a mindset. It is a completely different kind of skill set. So you still need the mechanical engineering because the car is ultimately still a mechanical platform. It can't run purely on software. And in addition to it, you need the new uh, business model thinking. So that's a new skill set because you have for, you're changing uh, from a one-time purchase to a recurring revenue stream based on the experiences you provide the customer. So this recurring revenue stream comes from on-demand features, services, and subscriptions. So it's a new business model skill set. And then on top of it, all of the data that you're connect, collecting from the connected car is what's driving the experiences. So a lot of artificial intelligence driving the personalization. So physically, the Jeep looks the same for you, uh, Michael, and for me. But once you go inside, the experience is suited more for Vipin or Michael or Mamta based on the data that I'm collecting about how they're using the product. So it's a different skill set, again, to collect the connected car data, to collect all first, second, third party data about the customers, of course, based on their consent and approval, keeping all of the cybersecurity and privacy. So those are all the new skills that we are adding. And on top of it, then you're looking at what is the new electrical architecture that I need to have in the car so I can keep the car 10 years fresh. And I can send a signal from my smartphone to the car to open the window, to close the window, depending on the weather condition, to turn on dog mode, or I'm in Brazil right now and uh, uh, car thefts are very common. So even before I go to the car, can I look around the car and enter into the car? So what is the electrical architecture that I need? So again, that's a new skill set. And most of these skill sets are coming from uh, tech industry. And this is like a perfect marriage of a traditional industry like auto with uh, the new age tech skills. So it's data, it's AI, it's new business models. Um, it is uh, new electrical architecture thinking. So these are the new capabilities and we are organizing ourselves as Whippen said, as product teams. We have four products, digital life, digital ownership, uh, digital drive and digital fleet. And we, these are four product lines and we are organizing ourselves as product teams, a full stack product team. So you can follow the customer throughout their journey, pre-sales, sales, ownership. Mamta, I uh, really, you know, never even thought of the perpetual to recurring revenue stream model. So that's a very interesting call out. Mamta, I'm going to stay with you really quick. I think, um, you know, as you think back to your uh, CIO, CDO days before you moved into being a PL owner um, and leading a business unit, 
Um, one of the things that we see in this shift to this product orientation is there's a lot of business unit and functional counterparts that maybe are non-believers and they don't think IT has the right to sit at that strategy setting table and, and play some of the roles and flex some of the muscles you, you talked about. Um, for, for the many CIOs, CDOs, and CTOs who are really looking to elevate their role to that business leader, um, business stakeholder, what advice would you give to them? The first thing is believe in yourself. We are CIOs, CDOs. We always, we always were front end in understanding uh, the business because we always type business projects, IT projects to business value. We have to. And so for us to tie to business value, first we had to understand the business, empathize with the customer. We have that as a natural ability, whether it is digital or IT. So use that natural strength. And once you get the seat at the table, have the conversation with the business, get the buy-in with the business, get their skin at the game. Because today, if I go talk to a brand head and say, because of the chip shortage, um, you know, should we, uh, what kind of a portfolio do we not want to put a semiconductor in and not connect the car? It's a very difficult decision for them. It's a very difficult decision because customers want connected services. It doesn't matter whether I'm in Brazil. I went to a dealership just this morning to talk to the customers there. And the first question is, how can I operate the entire car using my smartphone? What experiences will you provide me? So having that kind of an IT knowledge, IT capability, and looking at business value first, you already earned the seat at the table. Now, engage in an assertive conversation. Do not be like, you know, uh, a reactive leader uh, or a responsive leader, but go be in the business. And that's why even after coming here, I didn't sit in a conference room. I went to a dealership, talk to the customers because that's what naturally comes to you as an IT leader to understand the business and use that strength to, um, you know, align the technology objectives to customer experiences and no one can debate a customer experience. When I take this example of this customer, I recorded them on my smartphone. I play to a brand head and say, this is what our customer wants. And I play 10 such videos from 10 such countries. How can they debate with me? That's very powerful. Thanks for that, Mampa. Vipin, you, you've also taken on broader responsibilities of strategy, innovation, and some PL ownership at Toyota Financial Services. Along a similar line, to Mamta's advice, uh, what would you offer for those digital technology executives looking to elevate their org's role to business leader? I think uh, Mamta already said it beautifully, which is I think uh, it's not about trying to get to the get a seat at the table. It is once we all have a seat at the table, it's up to us on how we show up at the table. Uh, and I think just to add to that, I would say, I think one of the most uh, important characteristic of an IT leader who's getting elevated into these broader business leadership roles, I think is the ownership mindset. It's not about, we are not just the head of an IT department. We are really a business, we are business leaders who happen to have technology acumen. Right? And I think that to me, this ownership mindset is what changes everything. So to me, a role of a CIO or a CTO or an IT leader is not to build more technology. It is to build more business just like how Mamta said, it's all value-driven, value-oriented. And this ownership mindset naturally comes to those people uh, who have a strategic acumen. And more importantly, they are hungry to learn the business. 
that are out there uh, in the field, like in Toyota, we call it Genchi Kanbutsu. Be there, see there, be, be in the field. So someone who know, not only uh, understands technology, but knows how to harness the power of technology to build better business. And harness, by the way, harnessing the power of software is not just the job of IT. It is everyone's job in today's world, right? In today's digital businesses. So I believe to grow into a broader kind of a business leader, IT leaders need to not only influence what happens in their IT organizations, but really influence what happens outside of the IT organization to lift the entire organization into this digital proficiency. So I, I believe the technology leaders that are already operating that way are the ones that will get elevated and will be asked to run a broader PNL business uh, leadership. I think it's the balance, Michael, between technology leadership and business leadership, because you can't just away all the way towards one side of the pendulum and say you're a business leader. You're being valued for your technology leadership. You need to bring a combination of both and make sure you know we are being asked to create new PNL. So go after it aggressively and show what you can do with technology. And unless you have that empathy, you can't have that ideas of how you can contribute from a PL perspective. Very well said, both of you. Um, and, and Vipin, um, shifting to the war for town and coming back to the topic earlier, this trend more and more important today than ever, talent wants to work at companies that invest in them through development programs, uh, like the Digital Academy you, you stood up at TFS and you mentioned earlier. Uh, how are you giving uh, talent those opportunities to be developed? And tell me a little more about the, the Digital Academies. Yeah, so we, as we have been talking about this, we have all become digital businesses, right? So, and uh, if you really think uh, building this kind of a diverse talent with these digital competencies has become our primary focus for all our all the leaders, right? I, I uh, a large portion of my day goes into activities related to attracting, or I'll call it re-attracting, retaining, and growing talent. So a lot of our effort goes into this. And this is, by the way, this is not just about attracting talent from outside. We do talk about attracting talent. But to me, I think it is really, really important to talk about growing the talent that we already have, because we can only add say 20% of the new talent, right? As a new talent, we need the 80% of the talent that is already in our organization to be ready for the future as well. So, uh, and, and as we think about more comprehensively, and uh, as we have been thinking about this, it is about attracting, re-attracting the talent that left us and also talent that we source from our suppliers a large portion of our workforce is from supplier partners. We are, we are taking a comprehensive approach. We are focused on developing digital competencies across all of TFS. And that's why we instituted TFS Digital Academy three years back, which is starting to pay dividends now. The Academy has been busy developing new skills to increase digital competencies in addition to kind of practices, et cetera. And these learning experiences are not just for employees or the, it is really for all the workforce. It is not just for IT, it is for entire organization. So even including our consulting suppliers, partners. And the philosophy that we have applied to this academy is really important. It is what we call as learn, do, teach, do. There's a lot of emphasis around team members teaching team members. And we recognize team members for teaching because I believe that fundamentally, if we can create a teaching culture that will naturally create a learning culture, 
I think to me, I think that's really, really important. So, and also believe that uh, I think organizations like ours need to become the education centers in future to fill this increasing gap that we have in these digital competencies. Our broader education ecosystem can only do so much. So I think organizations like ours need to be active education centers. So this not only helps us grow the talent, but it also helps us attract the talent. Because in today's world, the new talent is looking for companies that have clear purpose and that aligns to their value, but they're also looking for organizations that are going to continuously invest in their growth. And I think so Academy has for us become a really good talent magnet and it kind of it's a, it proves the point. Uh, and, and, and one of the interesting thing that happened was this kind of initiative started as an organic initiative. We launched the Academy and now it has become a revolution inside our organization where it is start spreading to all our business units. So I believe talent agility and continuous education needs to be a key element in every business strategy. Very, very well said. Uh, Mamta Vipin, such a pleasure to have you. Thank you for sharing these insights.